Hey, everyone, and welcome to the CWR Talk Network, and you're listening to No Sleep. Uh, Last week, we had two new co-hosts, Clay and Megan, who were awesome, and we're really happy to welcome them back today, as well as Malcolm, as usual. Um, But we also have a really exciting announcement. We have a new co-host. Her name is Shandrea, so welcome. Hi. (laughs) We're really happy to have you. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll hop into today's topic. Okay. Well, I'm a Little Rock native. I was born in Pine Bluff and moved to Little Rock around seventh grade, and um, I'm a Clinton School student like Clay and Megan, and with a background in anthropology, so I like people, but like just enough to observe them and stay away. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm recently engaged. I'm a mom. <laughs> right. Oh my, you're busy. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Very busy. You got to get Yes, well, I got engaged like... Friday right before class. Oh, my gosh. Congrats. Oh. Thank you. Well, at least we have some good news for tonight. Uh, tonight, as we mentioned last week, we're going to talk about millennials and religion and how kind of we have strayed a little bit from it. So we are going to open up the lines. If callers want to call in with any questions or comments uh, for the team, the number is 917-889-8078. So we ran across a couple of different articles, and a lot of people have been talking about this disconnect with millennials and religion. And about two in ten Americans under the age of 30 believe that attending church is not really important or worthwhile. It's really an all-time low. Uh, in the 80s, it was about four times as much. And also, 59% of millennials that were raised in the church have dropped out. So I wanted to kind of ask you guys what you think that the millennial perception of church is. I don't care, I can. Um, I think I think a, with a lot of millennials, um, you have this idea of nuns, N O N E S coming about, um, that I read about in a, a PBS article this week, and they're basically people who are defined as um, not having any type of religious affiliation. It's not it doesn't mean that they are atheists, um, but it it pretty well means that religion is still important to their lives. Um, they just don't believe that they have to go to church in order to find God. And I feel like that's the case with a lot of millennials and that's definitely the case with me because um having a relationship with God is really important to me, but I don't feel like I have to go to church every single Sunday in order to have a relationship with God. So that's, it's really relatable to me, um, this article was. Yeah. yeah. Do you all feel that way? Yeah, yeah I, I, agree I agree with you. With you. I, think I think that, that um, um, a lot, a lot of, of the millennials now, especially, especially like, like my, at least my, my, my friends, friends when, when I speak to them about uh, religion, religion and everything. All we get is the conversation how religion is uh, about control. 
you know, about controlling yeah. people and um, it's less about uh, people um, reaching freedom through spirituality and everything. So uh, I see them straying away from like Christianity or Islamic beliefs and moving toward, you know, uh, other practices where they just able to. Elevate their spirits, you know, in in uh, in ways that their parents or grandparents um, didn't practice. Yeah, I I agree with both of you. I think that something that the article has mentioned is, uh, or did mention is that we kind of have podcasts for everything now. Like things kind of change with technology and we kind of form our concepts of how much participation we have in things or what that participation means for us. And I, I don't, I don't have that personal relationship to a God, although while while I grew up in a very religious background, I kind of, started leaning more towards like like science and theories and things like that and so it never really stuck for me just because I had access to like different things like my my parents weren't really forcing things on me and so I didn't have to I had the freedom to explore like the fun of religion and because I saw the fun in all of them I didn't really see the need to associate with either one of them and just find the value in those practices, but I definitely see with the moving technology and the access to information that we have, how things could have shifted. Yeah. I didn't even think about the technology portion of it at all, and especially like with the podcast, because you could probably just get a sermon on your podcast and listen to it on Sundays if you wanted to, so never even considered that. Yeah, right. the technology is the reason a lot of people are just questioning their religion. You know, I know a lot of times, well, at least for Christian, uh, Christianity practices, I know from experience growing up, you wasn't really taught the question or what's being said in the Bible, you know, or just follow pretty much, you know. Now that. The information, the information is just, just so easily accessible. accessible. You know, you know people, people, I believe, have more questions, questions that just come to mind that they want to put out there, that they want answers to, you know, know that challenge different, different religions and everything. Right, yeah. and we're in a generation that questions everything, like, Mostly out of convenience, but we love to question things. (laughs) So to, like, try to tell us, like, that no, because of this one thing in your way, you're not going to be able to ask questions. That's, like, that's not hard for (laughs) some of us to just dismiss. Like, you know what? Well, I just won't have that (laughs) because I'll be able to ask. And that's that's one thing I see with with the language. Like, we, 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 Back, back out of something, or, or just say, say all right, hey, it's me. You know, right. the, 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 the Bible <laughs> saying, oh, you either you're going to hell if you don't practice this. And then you'll be like, okay. okay. 
<laughs> right. Very quickly. I'd be like, that's fine. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just like that. That's just the convenience of like the day and age that we live in right now. We don't. We don't have to adopt those same principles if we don't want to. We can. We have other choices. Whereas in the past. You had to be affiliated with certain institutions just to be credible to other people. And now people don't necessarily, like, although generally as a country we may hold those values, there are, like, more, like, larger segments that are starting to see just people as people and not put their religious practices above all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. World, World War, War III, III going, going on, is doing, doing, the, doing, the, doing the wildest, wildest thing, thing that they could imagine. imagine. <laughs> and, uh, 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 and they begin to, to, I believe, just look at you, at you just like, like, like you crazy for thinking, thinking and doing the things that y'all do. So you guys have had those experiences. Hey, Malcolm, are you talking about sacraments? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about sacraments? Yeah, you're kind of echoing a little bit too, Malcolm. Oh, I am. Hold on, yeah, a little bit. Appreciate it. Are you are you talking about um, sacraments when you're talking about the things that the older generation does? In How about now? You're good now. Oh yeah, that's good. All right, cool. See, I'm trying. But, we, but your, your question was, am I talking about what? Sacraments like confession, communion, Sacrament? anointing the sick, yeah, stuff like that. Is that what you're talking well, about? Well, no, I was like, just talking about no, I was just talking about general conversation. You know, as far as uh, like the elderly, they see that your practices of religion isn't the same as theirs. You know, or you present just new information that they um, or spoke of. You know, but. Instead of just listening, you know, it's kind of like they just judge you off of what you think and, and uh, the ideas that you have. Oh, okay. So there's like no openness. No, I wasn't. Yes. No, I wasn't think uh, thinking of uh, what you was thinking of. Oh, okay. I okay. think that. I think that me personally, I've kind of encountered some older people like my grandpa and whatnot. Um, kind of maybe judging for not going to church because in in my background I grew up in the Catholic Church and I went every single week we didn't miss I did Bible study you know I did all my sacraments you know all of that all of those things and as I got older I went to a Catholic college and I I know there you know sometimes they would kind of laugh at you like oh are you going to church on Sunday and they would laugh like it wasn't really necessarily the cool thing to do to go to chapel and so yeah. kind of during that time and as I got older, I kind of quit going. But it didn't mean that I didn't have a relationship with God. 
but I know when talking to older people like my grandpa or, you know, people that are elder to me, if they ask, you know, where I go to church or what time I go or whatnot, if you say no, you know, I'm not practicing necessarily, you do feel a sense of judgment from them. And I've definitely yeah. experienced that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was the only one. Well, I, I no. Think it's like, I think it's a sense of, it's like a, a social thing, you know, and I feel like that's, that's what it's become for, for certain people, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. I think millennials are getting to the point where they, they don't really care so much anymore, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's not as much of a big deal to millennials as it was to older generations and baby boomers, especially. I feel like it was expected from you, you know, at at younger Mm -hmm. ages and for other generations and whatnot, it was kind of not a, do you go to church, but where do you go to church and what do you practice? And now with millennials, we kind of have this new attitude where we're like, well, we don't have to do that. And we don't have to, in order to feel fulfilled or whatever, we don't necessarily have to go sit for an hour or two hours on Sundays. Yeah. Totally. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I have experienced that same separation with my own grandmother because I grew up in the church. Both of my grandmothers had me in church and, when I didn't have anybody to take me to church, I would find a way to get there. Church was like an active part of my life. And then as I got older, it just slowly stopped becoming a part of who I was, and I just slowly start, stopped associating myself with that identity. And as I did that, I had a conversation with my grandmother, and she was, like, baffled by just the idea that I could dismiss what was our lives and our history. Our family had been preachers, and I just so easily dismissed that. So that hurt her. And Mm -hmm. to me, I just had to show her, like, you will see through my actions that me not carrying that title doesn't make me any less of a person. Like, I'm not committing any wrongs by not being associated with that. I can still contribute just as much to the world as I could with that identity, if not more. And Sandra, like she I just... agree with you, too, <laughs> about that, uh, because I think that's where I have a problem with religion, is it creates that divide of, oh, if you're not with us, you're against us, and mm-hmm. it puts that stigma on people. So that's I definitely agree with that, and that's where I've always had a problem with any religion and the mentality of, you know, you're, if you don't believe in what we believe, you must not be worthy mm-hmm. or not be doing good things. Right. Why do you think, why yeah. do you think they cling to that religion so heavily? Well, as far as my you. grandmother, she came from that. Like we, we came from slave communities where the Bible was the only resource they had. That was the mm. only book that they could read. So that, right, was, yeah. that was their legacy. They carried that with them. Her dad was a preacher. Her great-grandfather bought his freedom from slavery and built churches and schools. So religion was very, like, ingrained into who we were, and it's hard to just let that go when you have yeah. those deep roots to that. Correct, correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think accepting change on that level and understanding 
uh, how this uh, religion has influenced a lot of African-American uh, families and communities. Like, to let it go, you know, uh, it's going to be very difficult because it's almost, mm-hmm. like, embedded in them now. Like, it is, they, don't be, they became one with it, you know. They lean to this joint for uh, comfort, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they see hope when they think of this, this religion. So they, to even go against it, you know, is kind of like just uh, they can't understand it. Right. Yeah. I think that what you said, Chandrea, about um, your background and whatnot, I can see how your grandmother may have felt that certain way instead of, you know, instead of realizing that, you know, it's not that you don't have a relationship with God or that you're not religious. You just practice it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did want to ask you guys, I know earlier that we talked about Someone had mentioned spirituality, and I know that with millennials, it's kind of this trendy term that we use. Should you guys think that there's a difference between religion and spirituality? Yeah, I mean, uh, I do. What do you think the difference yeah, is? So. <laughs> yeah, you go, Malcolm. <laughs> Oh, now I want to hear what you thought the difference was. I'm all ears. Oh. Well, uh, I mean, I kind of feel like, I feel like religion is, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's it's like the physical act that you perform in order to be with a community of believers. So it's probably going to be like actually going to church um, and being among believers. But I feel like spirituality um, is so much more varied, and it's actually like what you do to find peace within yourself and with, you know, the rest of the universe. So I feel like spirituality is based within yourself, and religion is, I guess, the relationship, how that relationship translates to other people. Hey, what's going on? Hello? Okay. Yeah, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can Hello, hear you. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Did you get his answer? Can you hear Yeah. Did you get his answer? We're about to go on break in a little bit, but we're going to get you in on the line. I'm going to talk to you while we on break. Um, but we're going to try to get you in on the line, uh, all right? He was on. He had a caller, right. y'all. <laughs> uh, okay. We actually should be pretty close to taking a break, and it does seem, or, and we do have the lines open again for everyone, so the number is 917-889-8078. And, again, if you have any questions or comments um, for the team, go ahead and give us a call, and we'd love to hear from you. So we'll go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text. And for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. 
don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliche. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrow to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network. Las Vegas shooting, Orlando nightclub, Virginia Tech, Santa Fe, Sandy Hook Elementary School School shooting. And the list of mass shootings in America goes on and on and on. If gun laws can't stop the gun violence in America, what can? Listen to the Stand Against Gun Violence, a special three-hour town hall event on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, presented by the CWR Talk Network. We have assembled a panel of experts to discuss the impact gun violence has on our society and what all of us can do to help stop gun violence and mass shootings. Hear from some of those who have personally experienced the tragedy of mass shootings and why gun violence in America must be stopped. Stand with us as we fight to put an end to gun violence. Listen live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. For more information, visit our website, cwrtaltnetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. 
We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Welcome back, everybody, from our commercial break, and we have been talking about millennials and religion, and I believe before we went to break, we had a caller, so I'll turn it over to Malcolm. That's cool. Our caller, he on the line. How you doing, man? Hey, doing great, man. How about yourself? Can't complain. So so you tuned in to our, you tuned in to our uh, broadcast tonight, we topic is on religion. You had a question or a comment you wanted to make for the group? Actually, um, more of a comment. Actually, I um, okay. I know a lot of people have been giving feedback on what they perceive religion as. So I thought I'd share my a brief synopsis of my testimony of what I've learned about religion in my years of studying and dealing with churches and things like that. Of course, you know, being African American and growing up in the South we've all pretty much brushed shoulders with, you know, the church here and there. It was kind of mandatory for us to go. But, you know, as I got older and I studied and sought out for myself, you know, I came up in the church, but then I started noticing that there was a lot of things that didn't make sense to me. I would question then, but whenever I would question, you know that she would get kicked back just for even asking a question. So as I studied, I learned more and and what I've learned about a lot of the disconnect between the millennials and religion is actually the idea of religion itself is more of a disconnection for millennials. And that's because from what I've learned, religion, a lot of people say, what religion do you practice? But the religion itself is based off of practices and ideology. And when you base it off of just what we do versus what it even says to do, a lot of times you'll find that there's a lot of fallacies in what it even says to do versus what we do. So I feel like, and just speaking from terms of Christianity, primarily what I've noticed is a lot of times you'll see a situation where you'll read something in the Scripture and it's totally different from what people are doing. So it's like if they're really mm-hmm. following this, then why don't we follow it as opposed to just That's making a- up our own thing? Right. Then. That's 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 a good. Yeah, you have a really good point. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you calling your comment and continue to listen in. I I can I'm gonna go off of what he was saying just now. Practice <laughs> pretty much. It sounded like he was trying to trying to describe to what that uh, a lot of individuals are practicing and beliefs. However, they're not um, following along with what it is that these uh, um, holy books have no. Malcolm, we can't hear you. Hello? 
Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, yeah. sure can. So going off of oh. I think you have some really, really, really good points. So going off of that, what were you sharing, Malcolm? Oh, I apologize. I only, I must have just talking, having a whole conversation with myself just now. <laughs> All right. Stuff was cracking up, too. I, but, no, I was saying that at the end of the day, practice what you preach. It sounded like what he was saying, that a lot of people uh, – claim different religions and different beliefs and practices. However, they don't follow suit when it comes to following exactly what's been said. I know that's been like the critique of uh, different Islamic um, uh, groups towards different Christianity groups. They say that uh, a lot of people talk about Jesus, but they don't follow in his steps. You know, so I think that was an interesting um, point that I thought it was making. I agree with that, and I believe if you kind of look at our current climate now, like if you think of the idea of Jesus as loving your neighbor and you look at our current climate and how neighborly we've been towards one another, then you can kind of see, like, we're not really following in those footsteps that even they say that they believe so wholeheartedly in. And he, in the Bible, taught tolerance and taught the idea of just living next to your neighbor and not, you know, wanting to see the demise of that person. The last thing that the Bible teaches is for you to hold hatred in your heart for anybody. But right now, it seems that we're in a space where it's so easy for us to just negate all of that. Right. And I think it's kind so, of I want to say, too, uh, being from not the South has also been kind of interesting to see. I know Malcolm and Kylie, maybe you guys can speak to this, too. I think since you're not originally, well, Malcolm, you're not from the South, but Kylie, you didn't grow up here, right? So um, it's been kind of a culture shock to come here and see how open people are with their religious beliefs in public and Mm -hmm. not saying people in Iowa in the Midwest aren't religious but it's I've definitely noticed it's a more topic of conversation here and that's kind of made me uncomfortable because I don't necessarily know how to talk about religion as a casual open conversation especially with people Mm -hmm. that I don't know Um, so that's been something that I've kind of struggled to get used to since moving to Arkansas because I've never had to deal with it before yeah I I had a professor that said that yeah yeah, someone's having an issue with their line so Hello? Can you your line? Okay. Hello? Hello? Um, I know for me, Hello? being from... Hello? Hey, what's going on? 
<laughs> Can hear you loud and clear. Um, he's okay, a call. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, hey, was you, you, you calling in for uh, you give a, a question or a comment? Well, while we're waiting for him, well, I'll go want, ahead and we, comment we, on what you said. We, well, um, we want, well, we, the call-ins are going to be for our question, <laughs> specific questions to the entire group, you know, or uh, or quick comment as far as um, what you your thoughts on on, on religion. Uh, we we didn't want to. We only have an hour show, so we didn't want to go. You, you, you can go ahead and bring them on, Malcolm. On caller. So, what exactly is your question or the comment that you want to add to the entire group before we put you on on the air? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop back. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop back into. It. Okay. Go ahead. Malcolm, are you bringing someone on? I think you can go ahead and go, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, based on, you know, what you were kind of saying, too, I know for me that there were a lot of people that were religious where I was from, but it wasn't necessarily something that you talk about in passing or when you meet someone. Um, but when I moved to the South, yep. everyone is just so open about it. And they me? say, oh, you know, where do you go to church or, you know, all these different right. things. And so for me, it was, like, really hard to adjust to. And I think, um, you know, it's taken me a while. I've been here 10 up. years. And now I'm finally, like, I'm comfortable with it. But it's just kind of a culture shock with it because people, especially in the South, they're a lot more comfortable talking openly about it, whereas, you know, people from different places may not be. And I think it's interesting, too, about um, what we were talking about earlier because people who – I noticed a lot of people who are openly very, very religious and want to preach to you with the whole practicing what you preach. I found that a lot of those people are sometimes very hypocritical. And so that, too, for mm-hmm. me is very interesting because you're supposed to love thy neighbor and respect everyone, but then you have this judgment coming from people if you're not the same religion, even though – the religions may all fall under the umbrella of Christianity. So I think that's really interesting. Hey, Megan. It's really What's hard up? for me to like, it's really hard for me to like conceptualize someone who hasn't grown up around religion their entire life and <laughs> used to having to talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's like, right? I don't even know how to conceptualize that because that's how I've grown up in rural Leachville, Arkansas. You know, it's, 2,000 people, and every single person pretty well goes to church every Sunday and Wednesday. So that's that's an interesting concept. Yeah, I definitely did not have a religious upbringing, um, which I think contributed to kind of my view of it now. I Kind of what you mentioned, Chandraya, of looking at it objectively and from a basis of science and um, honestly an anthropological view of looking mm-hmm. at it as something that was created by man. And so right. I know that might offend some people, but 
that's how I personally perceive religion is that it was something created by humans and um, yeah. just like I love learning about it because I think it is fascinating but that's kind of because of my upbringing that's how I've always looked at it yeah, yeah for me and I've always wanted people. proof and you can't really get that <laughs> hey guys can you hear me I think Malcolm said that we had a caller yep. yeah, oh, yeah. We, got you, Malcolm. we can hear you have another caller they didn't want to pose a question uh, or a comment to the group hold on just a second Hey, caller, you on the line? Hey, um, I just got a quick question. Um, I was, you know, I grew up in the church myself. I was born and raised um, a Baptist. I grew up in a um, black church. My question is, um, why is it that during church service, a lot of major issues really aren't discussed um, within the uh, church community? And, for example, when you look at a lot of struggling neighborhoods and impoverished neighborhoods, um, you can find a church on multiple corners in that neighborhood. And it seems to me like there's a lot of, you know, more so pageantry than actual focus on setting up a plan and making an effort to change the situation of the members of the community. So why is it that it's more so focused on uh, scripture than actual doing work within the community to change the situation? Thanks a lot for your comment, your question. Appreciate it, man. All right. Hmm. Anybody want to take that one? I will. I will. Because uh, that kind of relates to the article that I think Kylie sent us about um, one of the 12 points was that people don't or topics of conversation like you know polarizing topics are not discussed in the church and uh, I think that's really interesting Um, I guess I can't speak from a church perspective but uh, I would think that sometimes churches don't want to talk about things like that particularly for example the Catholic Church with what's going on in that realm right now of uh, sexually assaulted victims coming Mm -hmm. out and talking about what's really happening. So I think it's a fine line of churches not wanting to touch on too touchy of subjects because Mm -hmm. they see that that can bring shed light on some areas that probably aren't so good for their image. But it could also be positive too, because people want to talk about openly and Mm -hmm. have conversations about them. Yeah, so do you think that church would be a good place to discuss these things? Because I know with what the caller said, like in the inner cities and stuff like that, you see a church on every corner, but yet they have all these problems and nobody is doing anything. So if these things were discussed in the church and the church actually, you know, did stuff to try to make things better, to make it where people feel like they could be open and free to express how they feel and how to fix issues in church, do you think that it would change things? Well, are we talking about political issues or are we talking about just everyday issues? It kind of depends on what role. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be political, it can be gang violence, it can be, you know, education, anything that is negatively impacting the communities that the churches are in. Which is, you know, all communities, yeah. so. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's just, it's really a hard line to, it's a hard balance to get at because like, personally, I don't want the church that I would attend to become too political and take a, take, you know, weigh in on like political issues. But at the same time, I also want to know that I'm going to be accepted by a church and gay marriage would you know, impact someone like me who is a part of the LGBT community. And so I do want to know that the church that I attend is open to that. Um, but at the same time, I don't want, I don't want that to completely take over the church's conversation either. I want it to still be a place where I can go and um, feel like I can worship in a community with other believers. I agree. I think that it should be like there it should not take over too much of the conversation, but I feel like politics, although we speak about politics as if it's this distant thing, it's a part of our everyday lives. So for the church not to address issues that are critically affecting people's lives, such as police brutality, it makes you wonder about things and I personally yeah. feel like it's for tax purposes. Like the church can't get too political because they get yeah. the benefits of being nonpartisan. <laughs> so they right. have to just preach the narrative of it will all be okay, you know, pray instead instead of like making huh. outward, you know, Outreach, outreach to communities to actively change things that could really affect what we see as churches and how those institutions function. So I think it's just it's to them the the cons outweigh the pros. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys have really good points, and I think that sometimes they do have to remain bipartisan and whatnot. But I know you know here in Little Rock we have a lot of crime and we have, you know, a pretty high homicide rate and things like that. And when you're preaching, you know, love thy neighbor and all of these things, you know, maybe it would be beneficial to try to kind of tie that in to the sermon, you know, like we're here all mm-hmm. worshiping together. Now when we leave, we should all respect each other. Um, yeah. But right. I don't think that it should completely take over church. Right. And yeah. even if that didn't become a part of the everyday or the weekly narrative of the church, even if the church, like, made initiatives within the community to create opportunities for the individuals that are housed in their communities, like, but they are limited to what they can do because of the government protection that they receive. Yeah. And if we're talking about yeah. millennials too, I think the reason that a lot of millennials are leaving church because is because um, you know certain churches are taking such strong positions on things such as you know abortion and gay marriage. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they want to be able to go to church and be in a, an area where they feel open and not judged in any way, um, no matter what the you know political background of the people around them. Um, and I think it's just become so divisive, especially um, like talking about what you t- said earlier in the program, Chandra, about the political climate that, that we're experiencing. It's, I feel like it's translating into the church now. 
and it mm-hmm. has become so divisive. And sadly, it is driving a lot of millennials away. I agree, and I'm glad to see so many churches now mm-hmm. stepping up to the forefront to pr- progress with the times, adopting such strong stances on abortion and gay marriage, because we're not used to even having that imagery yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. And so it's yeah. good to see that, that, like, now there are institutions that are starting to see, like, hey, we are missing out on a really big target audience just because they don't feel welcome, because they don't feel the love that we preach yeah. every Sunday. They don't feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we need to go ahead and take another quick commercial break, but I do want to remind people that we do have our lines open, and again, the number is 917-889-8078. If you want to call in and chat with the host, questions or comments for the team, uh, go ahead and give us a call. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. major issue in America. It seems like there is a shooting somewhere in this country every single day. Even our schools and churches are no longer sacred and safe from gun violence. In fact, gun violence affects every facet of American life on our jobs, in our movie theaters, at public gatherings, and in other random settings. It has gotten to the point that many have become apathetic and have accepted gun violence as a normal part of life and don't have any hope of things ever changing. That's totally unacceptable. The gun violence has to stop, but it will not stop unless we get involved and demand that our leaders take action to implement measures to ensure the safety of our children in our schools and the safety of all Americans from gun violence, wherever they may be. That's why the CWR Talk Network is presenting the special town hall event, The Stand Against Gun Violence, on Thursday, October 18th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. We have assembled an expert panel with the knowledge and experience to examine this issue 
from a variety of perspectives and to offer listeners information and advice on how to significantly reduce gun violence in America and make our schools, homes, workplaces, and lives safe from gun violence. Listen to this very important event live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Visit our website at cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV for more information. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Stand with us to put an end to gun violence. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to No Sleep. And uh, before we went to commercial, we were continuing our conversation on religion. So I did want to ask you guys um, a question. Uh, I know that a lot of stuff that we've talked about and we've seen before is about millennials that they're marrying later in life and not, or not marrying at all. Um, So I wanted to ask you guys if you think that um, in the future that as people have children, if the amount of people participating in church would increase or do we think that just who we are as millennials that maybe we'll raise our children differently than than people have raised children in the past? Anybody want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a comment. Uh, I hope that even if our generation isn't religious, that we, uh, or if we are religious, either way, um, I hope that we teach our future children that they can choose what religion they want to follow, whether that's one that they were brought up in or one that they um, connected with more, just having an open mind that kind of the point that you had touched on earlier, Shandrea, that, you know, it, you're not, you don't have to stick to one. You can learn about all and accept all and, you know, learn about the others and see what matches your beliefs and values rather than maybe following what your family did. Right. Yeah, and so, that's definitely, oh, <laughs> go ahead, Clay. Here, oh, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think what's so cool about 
being a millennial is that our parent, most of our parents are have been baby boomers or boomers. And I did read um, how, you know, when your parents were baby boomers or they were boomers, they did in- encourage their children to think for themselves. And though my parents are really conservative and they do go to church weekly, they have encouraged me to think for myself. And so I can definitely relate to this and I will definitely um, know how to help my kids in the future think for themselves and pursue whatever type of religious um, journey that they want to. I totally agree. That is exactly what I teach my seven-year-old every day is just to be a critical thinker, just whatever it is that you want to follow, whether it's religion or career or just any choice that you make in life, just make sure that it's well thought out. Make sure that you looked into it. Make sure you know what you're getting yourself into, way who's going to be affected by the choices that you make. And I just want to raise a good human. I don't really care what she decides to be. I mean, she has a very Christian granny who reads children Bible stories with her every weekend. <laughs> But I just want her to be a good person. That's my only thing that I want her to be. And she can go about that whatever way she chooses. Definitely. Malcolm, do you have anything to add? Yeah, just listening to everybody. I I, I also think that uh, religion has uh, its way of just influencing uh individuals to um for for some to do right and for others just to uh they they take it and they they make their own thing out of it uh as far as uh uh doing things that can be uh possibly harmful to people uh when i when i think of religion i think of how it is used, you know and the fact that it's a belief that is put into action and a lot of people take that belief and that idea and they put it into action and they use it for the betterment of uh, themselves and the community. And then some people take that belief and they put it into action and they use it um, to uh, cause uh, harm to others, you know. So as y'all, just, as y'all all were stating before, just look into it, uh, see which one of them uh, is uh something that sticks to what you believe in and your thoughts or excuse me, how you feel like you want to live your life and uh, just live it, just live it righteously, you know, and I ask that it's just not in a way that is causing harm to other people's lives. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I think with- <laughs> had really good points. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. But I think, um, Andre, you said something that kind of of stuck out to me, and you said that you just want to raise a good human. (laughs) And and honestly, for me, that's at the end of the day, I think that's what we all want. And I know for me, I don't have children yet, but if it does happen one day that I do, 
Um, I want them to have some type of a foundation. I don't know if it's necessarily attending church, but I do want them to grow up with values. And at the end of the day, like you said, I just want to raise a good human. (laughs) I don't think we could have said it any better. Um, So we talked last week a little bit about or kind of touched on the fact that we have elections coming up um, in midterms. So, we always want to encourage everyone to exercise your right to vote. Does anyone have anything that they want to add on to that? Yes, and remember to change your addresses. I've lived in a different <laughs> residence for <laughs> for two years now, and it never occurred to me, maybe I should change my address so that I could vote for my district. <laughs> and I finally got that done at a decarcerated event. Yeah. So change your addresses, make sure that you have not been purged from the registration list, and, yeah, turn out to the polls. I would also say make sure you request an absentee ballot if you have to vote from afar because there are limitations on when you can request that. So make sure you do that. Yeah, and definitely if you plan on voting, to try to do it sooner rather than later because they do have deadlines for voter registration and you would hate to register to vote and find out that you can't participate this time around and you have to wait. So it's always good to be uh, proactive. So I do want to remind all of our listeners that you can catch this show on replay or any of our past shows on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And next week, we hope that you join us again because we are going to be talking about um, millennials in education, uh, which should be a really interesting topic for all of us here. So we hope to see you next week. Um, Anybody have anything else to close on? No. No, I'm all good. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> no, I want nice to show. thank Melvin again for engineering. It's a really so difficult was, job yeah, to apologize for the feedback I was getting. <laughs> Sorry, <right, laughs> we're all <awesome. laughs> no problem. And even though millennials are supposed to be the most tech savvy and the most great at all of these things, we still make mistakes and we're learning too. So thank you everybody for joining us in our conversation this week and we look forward to talking to you next week. Great. Peace. All right. Thank you.